I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On today's episode, I talk with Professor Richard Stanley from MIT. We talk about the colloquium lectures he was going to give at the joint mathematics meeting, well over a hundred different definitions of Catalan numbers, and just how he went from wanting to be a ventriloquist to becoming a mathematician. Here we go! I'm uh, sitting here with Professor uh, Stanley from MIT, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we're meeting at the, the Joint Mathemat- Mathematics meeting in San Francisco uh, in 2010 uh, right now, and I just wonder if you could uh, give the listeners a bit of a taste of what they're missing by not being here and being able to hear your colloquium lectures. Oh, well, I don't know about my lectures in particular. That, <laughs> I mean, the meeting is the biggest meeting of the year in mathematics, at least in the United States, and people would be missing talks in almost every area that they can imagine in mathematics, and all kinds of mathematical entertainment, like high school students competing in a who wants to be a mathematician contest, panel discussions, and other special activities. Uh, As I mentioned, you you are giving a talk. What is uh, the topic of your talks while you're here? Yeah, so I'm giving three talks on permutations. Uh, Permutations of set 1, 2, up to n. Uh, And this is a subject that has connections with many other areas of mathematics, uh, such as analysis, random matrix theory, representation theory, and I especially want to bring some of that out in my talks. There'll be well, three different aspects of permutations. I'll talk about the first one is increasing subsequences, then uh, alternating permutations, and then reduced decompositions. Okay, and uh, this is uh, directly related to the research that you do, correct? Yes. Okay, and you uh, uh, you do a lot of uh, combinatorial research, correct? Right. Uh, any big new results you've had recently that you'd like to share? Or? Oh, I don't know yeah, about my own results. Um, I'm mainly spending my efforts now to try to finish a second edition of my book on enumerative combinatorics, volume one. Okay, and that, that, uh, that's that been a very important book in combinatorics. As a matter of fact, you could say that you literally wrote the book on <laughs> combinatorics. Uh, what sort of reception did you have when you uh, released that book, and uh, what has it become? Because I know that it's one of the main texts used for enumerative combinatorics now. Yes. Well, I mean, something like that was certainly needed as a text in enumerative combinatorics, got it used by many different universities. Almost anyone who wants to teach a graduate level course on a subject uses this book now, I think. 
uh, and it still sells a steady number of copies every year. Because uh, there's always going to be interest in you know, use, using it as a textbook. Uh, is uh, is it really uh, like a quite good feeling when the text that you write happens to be taken as the text to use in a subject? Oh yeah, that definitely uh, was a big boost to me. I mean, all the effort that goes into writing this book really was nice to see that it wasn't in vain and that people were really appreciating it. Yeah, if I if I read correctly. I, I've I've yet to actually uh, take a graduate level course in combinatorics so far in my mathematical career. But if I read correctly, there is uh, one question that deals with uh, showing the equivalence of sixty six different versions of the Catalan numbers. That's right, and I keep on updating that on my web page. There's now I think it's one hundred and seventy six. Oh, is, is that all? All of those going into your next edition of the book? Well, no, because that's actually. The second volume. Oh, second volume. Yeah, okay, not second edition. But, but no, no, it's a second edition of volume one. Oh, okay. but all those Catalan numbers are in the, oh, okay. the, the, second, in the, volume. In the second volume. Okay. But I do hope the publisher will reissue the second volume and include all these new exercises at the end. Uh, what sort of responses from students you've met uh, that have used your book have you had to that problem? Oh, oh uh, I don't know, really. Generally, they find it pretty fascinating. Oh, okay. So, and, so no, nobody coming up and complaining. Why did you put this in? My professor assigned yeah. it to me, and I failed. Or, yeah, I don't know uh, anyone who actually was assigned to show all those sixty. <laughs> but, but also, the the book includes solutions to all the problems oh, too. Yeah. And this uh, new edition, I'm putting in a lot of problems without solutions to make it easier for them to be assigned courses. You've been listening to Strongly Connected Components. My guest on today's episode is Richard Stanley. I just wanted to remind everyone to go visit acmescience.com where you can find out more information about all the guests on Strongly Connected Components as well as check out information about the lighter side of mathematics podcasts that we have called Combinations and Permutations. You can also go there and check out the new journal that I, Samuel Hansen, have been doing for my History of Mathematics class that I have been posting weekly to Acme Science. Also, when you go there, make sure to go check out our forum. We need some more people taking part because I'd love to put together a really good mathematical community over there. We can all talk, joke, and maybe even get some mathematical work done. Now let's go back to the interview. Okay, uh, so let's let's go back a little bit. We've been talking about uh, current things, and let's go back to um, why you started doing mathematics. Now, you, you had written an article uh, that's on the internet, at least I believe you have, and I found it, and right. uh, apparently a lot of your interest in mathematics went towards the algorithm for finding the roots of numbers. Well, that's how it originated, yeah. Um, as I explained in this little uh, article, um, my father, who was a chemical engineer, had some chemical engineering handbook which included uh, algorithms for finding square roots and cube roots of numbers, uh, these horrible 
algorithms that nobody would ever use on, on a computer these days, but something like long division, analog of that, uh, where you keep on trying to guess the next digit. Um, but I found it very fascinating and couldn't understand at all why such an algorithm w- would work. And then when I moved to uh, Savannah, Georgia, at the age of 13, there was some kid in the class who was figuring out on his own the algorithms for higher roots, like fourth roots and fifth roots. Um, I really got, got me interested in learning more mathematics and thinking, if he could do this, why can't I? <laughs> uh, before you decided on uh, mathematics as, as your career path, what were some other areas that you were uh, interested in or uh, thinking about pursuing? Well, the very first, but this wasn't very serious. I was about eight years old and, uh, to be a ventriloquist because I really like these famous ventriloquists like Paul Winchell, his dummy Jerry Mahoney, Edgar Bergen, and Charlie McCarthy. And I had you know, these toy dummies. Uh, and uh, so this was my original career uh, Desire. It's a, it's amazing. I I actually have found a lot of a lot of mathematicians I've talked to uh, at one point in the career either had an interest in uh, performance or the stage or something. Very similar. I wonder if there's there's something within that that uh, that where mathematicians have that uh, sort of thing for performance, but instead of going up and uh, perhaps doing it on a stage, we decide to do it through our own work. Yeah, it could be that there's something to that. Uh, but it's lucky I didn't remain with this interest because the job market is even worse than for mathematicians. <laughs> that, that's, that's very true. Don't think too many ventriloquists these <laughs> yes, days. Right. But the next, the next thing I was interested in was astronomy. And I got this toy telescope for a gift. Decided I wanted to be an astronomer, and that gradually moved into physics. At the time, I met this student who was figuring out all these algorithms. What physicist? Yeah, and now uh, with physics, I mean, physics is essentially applied mathematics. In the end, uh, what what pushed you off the path from uh, from doing the more applied things uh, into doing uh, combinatorics and permutations and things that you do now? Yeah, well, just to go into pure mathematics in general, I. I think I must be hardwired in some way just for enjoying, you know, abstract thought. Uh, uh, although I do you know, find physics uh, fascinating. What's going on? Uh, it just seems more interesting for myself to just see what I can come up with just by thinking. Uh, I mean, as for combinatorics. Well, when I was, although I, you know, in high school I started learning about combinatorics by reading various kinds of math books, popular math books, but I never thought that was a serious subject. It does seem a little odd because you're just counting. I mean, at its heart, it's counting. That's right. Or or maybe graph theory and things like this. But but compared to sophisticated things like partial differential equations and algebraic geometry, it just didn't seem like a real subject. To work in, and 
when I was an undergraduate at Caltech, at that time, Caltech was maybe the leading school for combinatorics, and some of my classmates told me I should take some combinatorics courses, but I refused to do so. thought it was not a serious subject. Uh, but I did get a summer job at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is operated by Caltech, in some coding theory group. And that involves a lot of combinatorics. I started getting interested in combinatorial problems. I still never thought it was an area I would work in, but when I was a graduate student at Harvard, people told me I should talk to Professor Giancarlo Rota at MIT about these combinatorial problems. He was the one who persuaded me to work in combinatorics and convinced me that it was a worthwhile subject. Oh, uh, you you'd mentioned just a, just a couple of sentences ago, and you also mentioned in the article you wrote about when you started, uh, or why you started saying mathematics, uh, and that was uh, you read a lot of popular mathematics books. Now, right. I, I, we're, in, we're in an age now where there's there's books published on everything, and there's a lot of them, but it's it seems like the popular mathematics book is, is taking a bit of a decline. Do you agree with that at all, or do you see it in a different way? I don't know. I mean, if you look at... Uh you know, the MAA, Mathematical Association of America, bookstore online, or A.K. Petters is another publisher. There are many, many good new books about okay. mathematics. I, but, I guess I, they just don't show up at Barnes & Noble for me to look well, at. that could be. Um, but I recommend, you know, for a high school student getting interested in math, just the Martin Gardner. Articles. Oh yes, yeah. that's that. Th- those are my favorites when I was in high school. He's still just as good now. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, okay. <laughs>well that is it for another episode of strongly connected components as always our theme song is the pie song from hardin firm thank you very much for letting us use that guys and the interstitial outro music is shadows 192 from sp12 who you can find out more about at opsounds.org if you want to contact me and leave any feedback, you can do that at samuel at acmescience.com. That is my personal email address, so you know that I will check it and get back to you. Also, make sure to check out the blog and the forum over at acmescience.com. Now, I just want to remind everyone that we do license this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license, so please go out and... Use the audio and uh, somehow just make sure that you, you know, give us credit. Thank you very much for listening.